What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month series. This is Terry. And I'm Shari. And on today's episode, we'd like to welcome singer, actress, businesswoman, Carolyn Fay. Hello! Carolyn, thanks so much for joining us. I haven't seen you since 2015. Time goes, eh? Time goes fast. (laughs) But you look great. Uh, We're happy to have you. Excited to just talk about your story. But first off... First off, I want to congratulate you for landing that the role as Lola in Nickelodeon's yes. Blues Clues and you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, they did a nationwide search mm. and I got I became Lola. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Congratulations. Like that, Thank you. There's been several iterations of the series. I think my youngest brother, who's now like close to 30, used to watch it. You know, yes. so <laughs> that's his generation of the original Blues Clues. Yeah. yeah. I think they've had one, two, three different yeah. hosts, and now we got Joshi, who represents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my excited. my niece is watching it right now, and it's so great to see, like, you know, like a Filipino cast. Yes, finally, excited. it's our time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so I like to open every episode with a silly question or random question. Today's question is, what do you guys like to do to relax? For both of you. Mm. I can start. For me, it's, uh, I like just to put on music and just like go on the streets and take pictures or just mindlessly play video games for a couple hours on my own, then I'm kind of rejuvenated. How about you guys? Sherry, you go first. (laughs) Well, I think I I mentioned in uh, previous episodes that I've been suffering a bit from cabin fever and to deal with that, I've been running. and surprisingly, like, I guess the first few weeks was like, it was hard because I was like out of shape. And then now it's, it's very liberating. Uh, I feel very uh, relaxed. Hmm. It doesn't sound like a relaxing thing, but it's pretty <laughs> relaxing. To each his own, eh? Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I, uh, I like Netflix. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Um, in the beginning of the quarantine, I think... I went through so many series, I can't name them now. So I'm up to the movie part now. <laughs> it's so funny. My, my wife's the same. She's, she's gone through every English series. Now she's into Korean dramas and whatnot. Yes. So she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, so Carolyn, uh, we're really curious to, to hear about your Montreal story. Uh, when were you born here? Your experiences growing up? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I was born... Excuse me. I was born in Quezon City. I came to, we came to Montreal. I was uh, seven or eight years old. So the last part of primary school onwards, that's where I came to Montreal. It was a time when um, diversity was not in at all. Um, Me going into elementary school, being the only person of color. Yeah. Which region of Montreal did you guys settle in? Laval. We went to Laval oh. first. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but times have changed. No, de- definitely. Times have changed, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so like to that topic, were you always comfortable being Filipino or when did you reach a level of comfort because of your surroundings oh. and whatnot? Yeah, it's... Uh, Terry, that's a loaded question. I know. I know. <laughs> um, let's say... My primary school years and all my high school years, I was not a proud Filipino um, because I stood out. 
I wanted to be part of the gang. Um, you know, especially in high school when, when girls would have boyfriends and, and I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb and it's hard for a teenager when you want to belong and, and for some reason you don't, even Mm -hmm. though you have your friends, you, you hang out, you do your extracurricular activities it's not the same. I was, you are always made to feel an outsider. Um, geez, even into my 20s, 30s, I think, I think, uh, I have nothing to hide here. I'm 58 years old. Mm-hmm. It was only when I hit around 45 years old that I start to feel my Filipino-ness. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So this Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. We're, it's our time. Definitely. <laughs> it's our time. It's about time Black Lives Matter. Yeah, 100%. Happens. Yes. To speak to your experiences, I came up in the, the 90s and I kind of felt like the same. I grew up in the South Shore being the only uh, person of color. Yeah. And I kind of really had to be a part of a group. I had to disassociate myself from being Filipino and kind of make fun of the culture, which I kind of regret now. Yes. It's, it really kind of sucks, you know, but it's like, that need to be to feel needed or to feel, you know, be part of something was so strong for me as, as a child or even as a teenager. It's uh, a basic, it's a basic human need to belong, to want to belong, to be accepted. Definitely. Any race, any color, any creed, we all want to belong. But when the others push us aside, whether consciously or unconsciously, yeah. we are excluded. 100%. Yeah. Um, so for you, when, when did Filipino culture kind of manifest growing up? How did that kind of... Um, well, my mother, <laughs> you know these um, associations that yes, of the course. community has. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing, but I suspect you, you guys went through it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the beauty pageants, mm-hmm. the music competitions, the singing, the talent competitions. I mean, I was thrust into there to say, you know, show off. <laughs> show off show that you're better than the the rest of us and at the time i i was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. um knew i had talent uh humbly knew that i had talent but it i knew deep down inside that that's not where i wanted to go i, I okay. all these competitions and then you know i i was thrust into this beauty pageant was expected to win became third runner-up so I was no good all of a sudden (laughs) I think those pageants are still going on and I I feel bad I feel so bad uh how did like you're very talented I'm like trying to figure out what arts uh, to begin with but how did you really find yourself in art or like you you began with dance how did you fall in love with dance or how did you discover it that started when mother needed to sleep in on Saturdays. <laughs> it's as easy as that. And I just, <laughs> I just fell in love with it. And as, as time moved on, dance was not, was not the, um, the superficial thing that I thought it was, the, the beautiful tutus and the mm-hmm. point shoes. It became a statement for me. Um, that's when dance became art. 
especially in my high school years, were the loneliest years being, Mm -hmm. you know, pushed aside. That's when I discovered art and music and painting and all the stuff. So I sucked at math. I barely passed. Um, (laughs) I love the sciences and my teachers couldn't understand how I could suck in math, but my chemistry and physics and biology grades were so high, Mm. but that's because I I looked upon the sciences as an art where math was just a little bit too harsh and logical for me. Okay. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, in terms of uh, singing, what attracted you to the blues genre, and why did you pursue that one? Ah, yeah, this that, is it. I'm yeah, super curious. So, like, I'm that. <laughs> oh man, that comes from deep, 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 deep. Even before I knew uh, part of our roots, because I'm still discovering what a, our roots are, our the Filipino roots. Um, there's this attraction you know that steady beat in the blues the dump the dump that's a heartbeat that is hard to find in jazz jazz kind of complicates it a bit uh rock or pop but that dun 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 i was always interested in that and eventually i found the same beat by because i was with a uh, folklorico filipiniana in the mm-hmm. 70s mm-hmm. i found exactly the same beat in the igorot dances oh and that made a uh, an unconscious connection in my brain which brought me to my later years in music that i kept going back to the blues until finally i said well to hell with it i'm going that's really cool. That's really cool. Like re- even before uh, off air, I was telling Shari, I can't wait to know her answer for this because I knew it was yeah, deeply me. rooted. It yeah, has to come me. from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any uh, musical influences um, growing up, or who who really impacted oh, you? It was all the Led Zeppelin, uh, Alice Cooper, um, Roberta Flack. Mm. Um, you know, the mainstream rock R&B growing up, uh, but getting older, I found myself going for the harsher material, Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, Oivod, Death Metal. Um, Sometimes when I'm writing, I'm listening to screaming metal in my earphones and I'm just... (laughs) It's like Muzak for me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I want to ask now, uh, what's your favorite part about being an artist? And if you have a favorite moment that you can recall from all of your experiences so far? My favorite part of being an artist is, is that I allow myself to say, do, think whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and nobody's going to stop me. You walk beside me, you walk in front of me, but get out of my way. That's the favorite part of being an artist for me. So beautifully said. What was the other question? Uh, Your your favorite moment. (laughs) My favorite moment. (laughs) My favorite moment, the one that pops in my head right now, happened in 2017 when I was cast in a play as a maid. Now, hang on to your hat. I'm always cast as a maid. 
A lot of my roles have been made. So when I was cast in this final role, my latest role in 2017 as a maid, I rolled my eyes and I thought, I can't do this anymore. But the producer said, this is not the regular maid you've been doing. She's got meat. She's got bite. You have to do this. Um, and that was a turning point because I didn't have a lot of lines in the play. The play is called Calpurnia. Okay. It's written by Audrey Dwyer. She's a playwright in Toronto and is now the assistant artistic director of the Royal Manitoba Theatre. Um, she wrote this wonderful play where the Filipina maid does not say much, but her presence when she walks in the room and her looks, and you know our yayas. Oh, yes. <laughs> when they give you that look, you shut up. <laughs> and there's that power of silence that comes in. That's what turned me around. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for sharing that. that. Oh, my God. Um, I love your authentic energy, Carolyn. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, what does authenticity as an artist mean to you? Authenticity as an artist is authenticity as a person. Um, you can't lie. You can embellish on stage, but you cannot lie. Um, what you see on stage, no matter what character I am, or if I don't have a character, whether I'm giving a lecture or not, it's me. It's always a part of me. Um, I am as exuberant as you see now, and in, a, in other moments, I am as, as depressed as, as I, some folks have seen. Um, it has to be real. There's too many, too many backstabbers, too many negative stuff happening out there. If we can't be real, what's the point? 100%. Um, I, I have a colleague who shares the same sentiments, but he's in pro wrestling. Ah. He says pro wrestling is an extension and an exaggeration of who he is by like 10 to 100%. So performance art, right? I guess that's how it is. That's it. Performance art. You bring it on stage. You elaborate. You extrapolate. It becomes big so that when people come go home, they say, oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Was and I you, allowed to say shit? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so when people go home, they go, oh my, yeah. I saw that on stage big, but this is happening now. So it just brings it down to the real. Yeah, and you have that connection with it immediately too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shari, I see you smiling. I know you have questions. There's something mm, you want to add? There's just so much. <laughs> so much first of all i love that story about um you playing your final role as a maid and playing yeah. it like and like how that was a turning point for you like because yes. i remember i remember I, I think i watched like an interview of like sandra oh saying that like if i'm gonna be casted as this like korean like prostitute i'm gonna play it to the t and i'm like if there's a reason you cast me it's because i could do it and like I, I love that it kind of reminded me of what you were saying like really oh it, I don't know it, it, it was just really cool to hear um, it's yeah it's a part of us yeah any chance we get to show a part of us as a person and as a culture 
has to be taken. Yeah. Otherwise, we will always be pushed aside. Um, but I also wanted to ask about um, like uh, you getting into blues and, and incorporating um, the what you said about how you heard it in the Igorot dances. I think yes. that was also really uh, I, I was so impressed by that too. Like how, what what challenges are you facing as you bring those two together, like Filipino Ooh. heritage and and blues? Okay, you just opened a can of worms that I'm currently <laughs> living right now, but I'm not alone in this thought. Mm. The blues comes from the Africans, the black people yeah. who worked the cotton field. Um, in the South. It, in the yeah. South, it was race music. It was a call and answer. It was like a signal to them. Mm -hmm. However, we, the Filipinos, were there too. We we're picking cotton in Louisiana at the same time. There is a history of Filipinos in, in Louisiana. There were, there's a history of Manila men. They were the sailors who came and some flourished and those who didn't flourish were in the cotton fields. So it is also part of our heritage. So the blues. Because I heard it in the Igorot and all the either, other tribal sounds, it just makes sense. Um, when, you, when, you, when you just sit back with your headphones and just listen to the percussions, I mean, our culture has been there for thousands of years, our tribal culture. The African-Americans, well, the Africans' slaves were brought to America, 1800s. When you think of the time difference, there is this connection that we have to, lack of a better word, soul, to our souls, the human soul, the human collective soul. It's there. And those rhythms are so deep and tribal, one cannot one cannot say I hate the blues because it's your heartbeat. Mm. I won't lie. Your words are so impactful. I got to look this up now, honestly. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you know what? We, we, I like, I know we're going to talk about it uh, like more in depth, like later, but like we hear it in um, your, like the song Jerusalem's thorns. Yeah. Um, like that, when you said heartbeat, I'm like, yeah, I heard that that's in that yeah, song. That's what it, <laughs> that's what um, it is. That's yeah. what it is. And even in the remix where it's like really, you hear it's it more even. prominent. Yeah. It's, it's more, more aggressive. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that's more aggressive, more in your face uh, because of the stylization of it. And because like it or not, we've been settled here in Canada that we're, we're used to hearing um, white sounds, if I can put it that yeah, way. Of course. Mm. We're used to hearing that. So with the remix, the civilian remix of Jerusalem's Thorns, it's that much more prominent. Yeah, I think I want to talk yeah. about it now since we're, we are sure. on this topic. Uh, you released that too in Heritage Month, Asian Heritage Month, right? Yeah, May Was that a 22nd. coincidence or was that on purpose? It was on purpose. Um, <laughs> and in reality, that version was recorded, I think, a year and a half before the version that came out on the album. 
Really? Oh, okay. We um, <clears throat> we put the um, the original version. Let's say. Okay. We put the version on the album because my bandmates wanted that one. It was a lot softer. It was a bit more subtle. Okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just got to listen to your coworkers because it's just not all about you, right? So it was a collaboration. So I went, yeah, okay, let's put that. I put, I filed the civilian remix for a bit, for a long time, holding back. And I thought, there's going to be a moment in, in this timeline where it's got to come out. Boom, Black Lives Matter. Mm. Boom, Asian Heritage Month. Boom, Canadian Filipino Heritage yeah. Month. Mm -hmm. It had to come out. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, where can people find it, by the way? It's on carolynfay.bandcamp.com. So to all listeners, be sure to give it a listen. Totally worth it. Yep. <laughs> also the music video. I think people should also watch the music video. Uh, yes. I think it was, I, 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 had, a, I had trouble um, describing it to Terry, like how I felt about it, because it was very, um, it was very, oh, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but like visually, <laughs> visually impactful, like, yes. uh, like the parts where, um, like, uh, the like, plastic is being removed, and yes. then they all go out, and then um, I, 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 I feel like they're like three generation of women, and like they're, they're burning, what seems to be like I don't know past wounds. Yes, I, I, am I you got it. it. I you're, got it. Um, you, you're getting it, and it's also a little wink to the babaylan uh -huh. of our heritage, the the good witches, in North American terms, our witches, the babaylan. Oh wow! I'm learning so much. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. Thank you for that. Like, I think <laughs> oh. that was such a beautiful visual. I I was so, I remember at the end, of, I felt very, it was, it was chilling. I, I, I felt like I've never seen something like that. And I'm, I'm happy you, you did it. So May I ask, did it give you power? It did. Yes. It did. <laughs> My job's it done. Did. Amazing. My it job's definitely done. Did. <laughs> Especially like the whole like, like, like burning. Like I was just like, wow, that's yeah. and being there with the, the three women. I yes. think it reminded me of like the women in my family. Like it, it feels like, it felt like you gave us that power to do yeah. that as well. So, yeah. And if you noticed on the final shot where the woman is looking at the fire, there's um, a tutubi. Uh, yeah, what do you call that in English? Oh my um, God, uh, a dragonfly. Yes, yeah. yes. There's a dragonfly that kind of brushes against the woman. Yeah. Um, there's a symbolism in the Philippines for the tutubis, the, the, the dragonflies. I think it's a, a reincarnation. Oh. Ghosts are butterflies, but yeah. I think tutubis are reincarnations. I think I need to okay. research that. But the shot, that was not a, people were saying, oh, that's CGI. No, it's not. I was standing there and then this dragonfly just brushes me, passed by me. That's crazy. And they caught it. It's That's just amazing. oh, magic wow. of uh, photography and film, eh? Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> How involved were you uh, in that video, uh, music video? Oh, very involved. From the pocketbook to the final <laughs> edit. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Um, Carolyn, are there any lessons that have kind of helped shape you that you can share with us? 
Keep learning. Keep learning. Keep learning. I'm not done yet. Um, just by our conversations, I have to go research what the tutu bee is all about, the dragonfly. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to uncover about our heritage. Take away the 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 fact that we were colonized twice, three times, the Americans, the Spaniards, the, mm -hmm. the, the Chinese, take away that, bring it back down to the roots and discover that because that is us, those tribes, wherever, which part of the country you come from, get to know your tribe. I, I love that because we have, we've had other guests mention that as well. Just really go to your roots before yes. everything happened. It's like, you're right, you know? Yep, yep, <laughs> before, I, I mean, I think that's why, that's why black people are so in tune with themselves. They've stripped or are continuing to strip all, all these layers from them. I think, I think we need to do that even more. Yeah. I mean, we had three colonies on mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to unpack. Totally. Yeah. I can't help but smile. No, I love, I love what you're sharing. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I also feel like, um, like your story is an example of like, it's really never too late to rediscover mm -hmm. your roots. Um, and I, I feel like some people like they, w whenever we meet them, they're like shy because like, oh, I've never really had to question my Filipino identity and it's okay. It's okay. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's so okay. It's okay. And it's never too late to. Yeah. Exactly. Know. It's there. It's there for, for the learning. Mm -hmm. of course, if, this, if you want. This is like, I won't lie. I was what? Uh, 35 when I decided to figure it out and this is part of my journey of understanding where I come from and yeah. I'm, I'm getting like energy from all of all of our guests yeah. to figure out where to go exactly. what resources to, to check yeah. out so I love that yeah. I love that you guys are all sharing this <laughs> um, on these podcasts uh, Carolyn I love I love to highlight the importance of learning from our losses uh, what does failure mean to you and how do you process that especially like in the industries that, that you're in it's it's cutthroat it's competitive so mm. um i used to want i still want to belong i still want to belong to these blues associations i and, and all these groupings and stuff but what i've learned and what i'm i am trying to embody is that I don't need those groups. I don't need those associations to, to establish my identity as an artist, as a Filipino artist, and then as a Filipino Canadian artist. Um, mm. I don't need that. Um, uh, with all due respect to the, the associations we have there, it's a marketing tool. Mm. And it's good, I guess, for beginners who do not know where to go, mm -hmm. go to a group. But then in my most humble opinion, I think one should then pull away and, and discover, learn on your own and reconfirm with others, commune with others. Um, the Philippines, what, 7,000 islands? Seven seventy yeah. one hundred islands and quite a few, quite a few, quite a few, <laughs> and and if there's a typhoon, it's seven or sixty nine hundred islands. It depends, uh, but it's still big. It's still rich. Each province, each prefect has its own tribe. That how many languages, dialects do we have? Oh my god! You know, 
Tagalog is the last one because of the Spanish colony, but Tagalog is the most prominent one. But all the richness in the other languages we have, there's so much more to learn. So we just need to keep going. No, definitely. Wow. Um, Now, I'm I'm curious to know for somebody like you, what do you what do you think about when I say happiness or what does that mean to you? Yeah. I know it's a tough question, but it's. Yeah. Happiness. Happiness is not a moment. Um, I could be happy with a big mug of root beer right now. Cause it's so hot outside. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's my go-to drink too. So. <laughs> but that's temporary. I think happiness i'm actually thinking of my husband right now we're 23 years together congratulations thank you thank you which is still young compared to other couples of our age uh, because we met at a uh, later age um like through thick and thin we're still together i think that's happiness going through thick and thin is happiness i love that um Shari, before moving on to questions about Filipino heritage, uh, do you have anything to add? Um, I had a bunch of questions, but um, you answered them all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm ready for Filipino heritage month. So, (laughs) um, yeah, Carolyn, what's your favorite part about Filipino culture? Food! Of course. (laughs) Food! Boodle fights, come on! Oh my god! (laughs) The extent of a boodle fight, Kamayan, is so, you're sitting there. Technically, it should be on the floor with the banana leaves. Oh, my God. Technically, you should be sitting on the floor. And and the food, the the communing, the eating together, the stories told that. Love it. That. Love it. (laughs) And uh, for you, what does uh, Filipino Heritage Month mean? It means discovery. It means remastering your own language as a Filipino. Developing that to discover the other languages that it stems from. It's discovery because with language, the culture happens. And the intonations we have in the language, it sings. Tagalog sings, mm-hmm. Cebuano sings, Ilocano sings. There's discovery. Thank you. Wow. And lastly, <laughs> what do you think is uh, most important to share to next future generations about Filipino culture? Oh, don't be, don't hold back the way I did in high school up until my 30s. Don't hold back because that was a total waste of time. Delve into your culture now. See yourself as a Filipino now, standing on, on, on a land that you settled on and make the connection. Make the connection to, to, to the indigenous folks, to the black folks, to, to all the cultures. But be proud. Don't waste your time. There's no shame in being Filipino. So wonderfully said. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, Shari, I think we're going to move on to our next seg- segment called Fastball Questions. It's uh, 10 questions 
Huh? Sorry, six. Sorry, as many questions as you can answer in sixty seconds. Okay. When Shari's ready with her horn, if it, if it's working. Oh my okay, god! Let's do a test. <laughs> okay. All right. Count us down, Shari. Okay, I will. Okay, are we ready? Okay, yep. Let's go. Okay. Three, two, one. Go. Favorite Filipino food. Lechon. Go to karaoke song. Some Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> First Tagalog word that comes to mind. Bucket. <laughs> Favorite spot in Montreal. Botanical Gardens. Hmm. Uh, name a Filipino dish that starts with the first letter of your first name. Ooh. Oh, C. Caldereta. Nice. When I say greatest of all time, what do you, what or who do you think about? Jose Rizal. Langonista or Tocino? Ah, <laughs> ah Langonista, I guess. <laughs> Favorite old school jam? Old school jam. Um, the Everly Brothers. Uh, what's on your Netflix right now? 10 seconds. The Witch. Um, Korean film, Subversive. <laughs> yeah. Spell your last name backwards. Oh my God, it's so easy for her. D-I-D-I-N-I-R-T, I think. That's my real last name. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, there's two letters. <laughs> yeah, E-F. Actually, that's my first name, Carolyn Faye. Oh. Yeah. And I love that you said lechon. I think that's been a first. How come people are not saying lechon enough, I realize, from this What's podcast? That? Yeah. Are we taking lechon, for granted? I love lechon. Oh, my God. Every feast has a lechon. Definitely. And it's not, and it doesn't come from our Spanish heritage. Let's shut roast boar. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Igorots hunted boar. <laughs> uh, Carolyn, before closing out, can you talk to us about any projects you have upcoming and any shout outs you want to give to people, organizations? Okay. Uh, projects I'm doing now, um, I'm closing up my radio show <coughs> that I've had for four years. Um, I'm writing a play. I am um, doing a lot of voiceovers. You're hearing me right now on television, Amazing. commercials, audiobooks, and stuff. Shout out to folks of my generation, the older folks. Get with it. <laughs> Just get with it. Um, if you really care about the future of Filipino heritage, get back to the roots. Do not stop at the Spanish colonial. We go further than that. That's thank what I you. have to say. Oh my God. Carolyn, again, thank you for your time. I know me and Shari really appreciate it. Thank you for having thank you so me. so much. <laughs> so on behalf of Filipinos of Montreal, we are out. <laughs>